On today's show, Connor Bedard ties the Canadian World Junior goal scoring record and how Matvey Michkov performed in his first real chance in the KHL. All coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And on today's show, I wanted to start off by breaking down Connor Bedard's outstanding performance again, this time against Team Austria at the World Junior Championship. Then later on in our second segment, I'll be breaking down the other three games that occurred uh, yesterday. And then finally, we will uh, break down Matvey Michkov's first real chance in the KHL. He was loaned out to HK Sochi and um, has played three games so far. I've got notes on two of them. So you're in for a great episode. Make sure to stick around all the way to the end. Now, um, before we get into any of that, just remember to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're following along on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. So to get this started, I wanted to talk about Canada's 11-0 win versus Austria in yesterday evening's game. Now, Bedard, once again, was outstanding in that game. Uh, If you watched yesterday's episode, uh, which will be linked at the end of this one, uh, you might remember that Conor Bedard scored three goals and added four assists against um, Germany in an 11-2 win uh, the night before this game. Well, this time he scored two goals and added four assists for six points. So he's up to 13 points in his last two games. Um, Unprecedented stuff. Really, really impressive from him. Obviously, it's against sort of two bottom of the standing teams, uh, teams that don't have the most uh, firepower or, um, you know, uh, high in talent in their roster or anything like that. But still, I mean, 13 points in two games, regardless of who it is. Uh, he was driving the bus for Canada, was really, really good. Um, four of his points last game were at five on five with only two assists on the power play. So a bit of a different story than um, what we saw from him against Germany, where he sort of dominated on the power play mainly. Um, Bedard, again, was everywhere in this game. Uh, and he just, you know, his vision was outstanding uh, in this game. He, you know, seems to know where everyone is on the ice at all times. His, his scanning is so subtle that honestly, it seems like he, he isn't really looking and just knows instinctively where people are, but he is scanning. He is looking at his surroundings, and that that's why he's able to connect so regularly with his teammates uh, all over the ice. One thing I noticed, though, about Connor Bedard that could actually improve his, his goal-scoring ability, you know, beyond what it already is, is the fact that he squints when he shoots. So he closes his eyes just as he releases the puck. And if you look at the best goal scorers in the NHL, uh, you know, Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, uh, Steven Stamkos, etc. Those guys, their eyes stay open through their motion. So they're not really sort of squinting or closing their eyes as they're shooting. In fact, their eyes are as big as saucers heading into their shot um, as they're taking in as much information as possible. Now, Bedard doesn't flinch when he shoots. So it's not like he's he's 
um, sort of closing his eyes real tight when he shoots as a reflex is just that he squints really hard because he's putting, you know, as much effort, as much energy as possible into that release. That's one thing that I, I think that Bedard could actually work on to improve his shot. Now, it's insane that despite that, Connor Bedard is breaking goal scoring records at every level. His shot is elite. And on top of that, his off puck movement is so good that he doesn't even need that elite release to, to be a good goal scorer. I think if you remove his release, you know, and, and sort of turn it into an average shot, he still would score a lot of goals because of how good he is off the puck at finding space and exploiting it. Um, now, speaking of which, Connor Bedard just tied Jordan Eberle's goal-scoring record at the World Juniors for Team Canada with his 14th goal in his 12th game alone. But if you look at the difference, Jordan Eberle was 18 and 19 years old in the two uh, World Juniors championships where he earned those 14 goals. Connor Bedard put up five goals in, in, in four games at his last World Juniors when he was 16. And now he's 17 and just put up what he's putting up right now. Um, so he's at 14 goals in 12 games as well. Now, uh, his 14 points in three games at this tournament so far, again, 14 points in three games. That's just ridiculous. I'm just saying that and it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, that's tied for six all time right now for draft eligibles at this World Juniors of all time. Um, that includes, you know, if you go back to the Yaramir Yagers and all that, um, he has the rest of the tournament to catch up to Yager, who put up 18 points in seven games in his draft year in 1989-1990. Um, so he has his next game against Sweden and a couple more uh, during the, the medal rounds in order to sort of match that record. And I think he does it uh, quite comfortably. So we, he might very well, at the end of the day, become the, the highest scoring draft eligible in a single tournament um at, at these world juniors uh so yeah he just needs four points in four games to become the all-time leader uh for for draft eligible scores at the world juniors and to become the single tournament points leader for canada in the history of the world juniors uh right now eric lindros i believe had 17 points in seven games uh at once and one specific tournament and Bedard's about to catch that so you know i'd be very surprised if he doesn't uh the the, the pace that he's going at right now I don't think there's much that you could that that can stop him at this current point, but he would need to go absolutely wild for the rest of the tournament to uh, reach Peter Forsberg's 31 points in seven games in 1992, 1993, which is the the highest single um, the highest single tournament point record uh, at these World Juniors. But Forsberg was 19. Uh, in that tournament, and he had Marcus Nazland on his line. Now, Bedard has a great support cast with Canada, but doesn't have that sort of bona fide partner in crime uh, like Forsberg did in his um, record-breaking uh, tournament. So, like I mentioned in our last episode, Connor Bedard is eligible for the next two World Junior Championships. He's definitely not going to be there, though, as he's probably going to be playing top six minutes for an NHL team this time next year, but... Still, I mean, imagine what a 19-year-old Connor Bedard could do at this tournament. It's just, it's just mind-boggling to me that this kid is 17, doesn't turn 18 until July, and is putting up these sort of performances uh, in his draft year at the World Junior Championship, which is a, which is an under 20 tournament, so players up to 19 years of age. It's really outstanding. So I'm predicting that Connor Bedard puts up 20 plus points this um, this tournament when all said and done at the end of it, but. You know, that would place him top five in World Juniors history for a single year. That goes up to 19-year-olds. That would also make him the only 17-year-old in the top 10 uh, of World Junior scoring if he doesn't make it to 20 points. Now, his ne- his next four points are not going to be easy at all. He's, first, he's facing Sweden uh, on December 31st. 
Then the elimination round starts. So among the teams that he could face in the quarterfinals, we've got Finland, Slovakia, Switzerland, and even Team USA with the right circumstances. And it only gets tougher after that. But still, Connor Bedard is Connor Bedard, and he's probably going to find a way to make it work. But that's it for our first segment. Now we're going to go into our review of the other three games that occurred on Thursday at the World Juniors right after these messages. So let me paint a picture for you. You're hanging out with your friends. You're watching the World Junior Championship, having a blast. You're putting back a couple of drinks, uh, you know, and as the evening goes on, you know, a few drinks become too many. And then you think of calling for a ride. But, you know, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not that big of a deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? You know, and even so, what's the worst that could happen? You know, your insurance goes up. You lose your license, lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads. It's to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. If It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, so moving on to our second segment, I want to review the other three games that occurred on Thursday um, at the World Junior Championship. We'll start with the game between Finland and Latvia. Finland took this one 3-0, um, and it was really sort of a, a very interesting game because Latvia actually gave Finland a run for their money. They had 31 shots on net, played really well in that game. So it all started in the first period with Yanni Newman, who is a second-round pick of the Seattle Kraken in 2022. He finishes off a great passing play with a shot from the top of the left circle that make it one nothing uh, for Finland. Uh, in the second period, we had Nico Hutanen, who is a seventh-round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2021, um, who skates into the offensive zone. He plays it to Yanni Newman again who was this time surrounded by four Latvian players who were manning him tight, but he was still able to pass it back to Hutanen, and uh, Hutanen cuts, cuts to the slot and backhands the top shelf, and that makes it 2-0 for uh, Finland in that game. And then finally, Konsta Kapanen, an undrafted prospect, he outraces a Latvian defender to a loose puck in the offensive zone. He's got an empty net, and he seals it uh, for Finland. They, they run away with this game 3 nothing. Now, I'm going to jump right into the standouts for Finland. First and foremost, Yanni Lampinen was outstanding in this game for Finland. Uh, he was their netminder. He's an undrafted prospect. He made 31 saves in this game, and that wasn't an easy shutout. Um, he had to pull out the pad on a couple occasions when Latvia got in tight to the net and was trying to stuff the puck in. He did some great work in this game. was really outstanding. The other standout for me, obviously, Yanni Newman, uh, a goal and an assist in this game. He's got a lot of smarts on him, and I had him as sort of a mid-round pick. I was, I was, I would have been surprised to see him go in the top 50, but to see him go in the 40s on draft day uh, was pretty surprising to me. But since then, he's got seven goals and 10 points in 21 games in the Liga this year, and he's still great in this game. Um, you know, he's making plays, connecting with his teammates quickly, and... Obviously, it helps that he got a goal and assist, but this game overall, even though he, even if he hadn't scored a single point, he was really good in this game. I was pretty, uh, pretty outstanding to watch. The other standout, Nico Hutanen, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning prospect, he was actually named uh, player of the game for this game for Finland. Uh, he was creating a lot off the rush. He was driving the slot. He was pushing the Latvian defense in back. Uh, to create space for his team. He's got some power forward elements to his game, which are really interesting. And on top of that, he's got a great shot. Um, 16 points in 24 games so far in uh, the, the uh, Finnish Liga with Jokeret, 
Um, he's been looking like another solid late round pickup by the Lightning, and I think they've become pros at this at finding late round value. Um, they don't need their first round picks; they're really able to pick up decent players in the later rounds, and this was no exception. And then finally, Otto Saline of uh, the Los Angeles Kings. He was a fifth round pick of theirs in 2022. He's a defenseman. He had two assists in this game and was creating really well in the offensive zone. I wasn't too fond of his defensive game in this one, but he was a net positive contributor overall, especially with his offensive impact. In terms of standouts for Latvia, there's really only one that I can mention, uh, and it's Nils Venenko. He's a defenseman that's uh, that's gone undrafted so far. He was all over the ice for Latvia in this game. He was their biggest contributor overall, uh, especially offensively. I, I like the way that he changed his angle uh, on, on his shots from the point. He was able to create a lot of chaos with smart passes, smart shots, um, you know, well-timed and well-placed uh, plays in the offensive zone. He was really, really good on breakouts too. He was really um, good at taking the puck and, and taking it out of his own zone with, with control and really easily. Um, and according to Mitch Brown, who is a, a data analyst and scout for Elite Prospects, uh, Fenenko contributed to 64.5% of Latvia's expected goals in that game, which is the highest single game mark of the tournament so far for a single prospect. Despite that, Don Lakmelis of the Boston Bruins was named player of the game for Latvia, and I didn't really see much from Lakmelis that warranted that, honestly. He was okay, but he wasn't the best player for Latvia. I, I think it really was Fenenko. But moving on to the second game uh, of the three we're going to mention, uh, Czechia versus Sweden. This is a, this was a really interesting matchup, and it was a really tight game, but Sweden ended up taking it 3-2 in overtime. Um, it all started with David Juracek of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He jumps into the rush as both of Sweden's defenders got caught pinching. It was sort of a partial 2-0. He gets a pass from Peter Hauser of the New Jersey Devils and taps it into the open net to make it 1-0 for Czechia. Um, quickly after that, though, Fabian Wagner makes a really great play in the offensive zone to intercept a breakout pass, and he scores unassisted for Sweden. That's 1-1. Then a half, a minute and a half later, Ludwig Janssen, a right-handed defenseman uh, for Sweden, takes a point shot that makes its way through. Oscar Pettersson of the Ottawa Senators and Simon Robertson of the St. Louis Blues get the assist on that. It's 2-1 Sweden. And then with about five minutes left on the clock, David Juracek goes deep in the offensive zone with the puck. He curls back up and then finds his deep partner, Yuri Tihacek, at the point. And... Tiachek did this amazing play where he faked a slap shot and then curled a toe drag around the, the floor checker in front of him. Uh, really great play. And then he walks down, uh, plays a give-and-go play with uh, Matias Apovalov of the Vegas Golden Knights, um, and then gets it back uh, in the in the low slot. He, short, he risks it short side past the uh, Swedish goaltender to make it 2-2 uh, to tie it up for Czechia, and we're headed to overtime. Now, in overtime, Ludwig Janssen, once again, who scored the 2-1 goal for Sweden, um, he works a great bit of edge work uh, on, a, on a pass he received at the offensive blue line, uh, fakes out the defender in front of him, and then drives the net, and then goes to the backhand and roofs it top shelf to make it 3-2 Sweden to give them the overtime win, uh, a great game on both sides, a really tight game, lots of competition between those two, but uh, Sweden ended up on top. Now, the standouts for Czechia, first and foremost, David Juracek and Yuri Tihacek as a pairing were outstanding in this game. I still don't understand how Tihacek isn't an NHL prospect. He's been passed over twice now in the in the NHL draft. Um, he is 5'9", which is part of the answer to that. But, I mean, 
he just has otherworldly offensive skill. Um, he's he's been struggling this year in the Czech Pro League, but his skill set's undeniable. He can he's such a rover. He can skate all over the ice, never gets tired. Smooth edge work, great hands, uh, a decent shot, some great playmaking. I just don't see why a team wouldn't use a seventh round pick on him, or at least invite him to their to their prospect camp or something like that. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, and the only standout for Sweden for me was uh, that I want to mention is Ludwig Jansson. He scored two goals and a second one in overtime, which is an amazing piece of work. He's daring offensively. He's decently responsible defensively. I, I really like him. Now, for our final game, Switzerland versus USA was a really interesting one. Um, USA took this one 5-1, and Logan Cooley was straight up their best player on the ice. Uh, on USA's first goal, he spun off a check and went behind the net, but just as he's crossing the midline of the, uh, of the back of the net, he reverses the pass to a wide-open Jimmy Snuggerud at the near post, taps it in, that's one nothing. Just a great play from Logan Cooley. Lots of skill. Um, and then he scored the second goal uh, for Team USA to make it 2-0 uh, on the power play. Uh, he got a great pass from Rutger McGordy down low, uh, who sort of passed it between his legs on the backhand. Uh, and Cooley was able to put it in a wide-open cage. Then Snuggerud scored again um, later on in the game, 3-0. Tyler Boucher added 1-2, and um, Luke Hughes scored a goal as well for Team USA uh, to as the final goal of the game. But um, the only goal scorer for Switzerland was Attilio Biasca again, who's been really outstanding for Switzerland in this tournament. Uh, as they dropped this one against USA 5-1. Now, the standouts for USA, obviously, Logan Cooley, best player in this game by a decent margin. His scale, his skill is just amazing. I mean, he's just so flashy and so good with the puck. He could turn nothing plays into grade-A chances. He's just really great to watch. Um, Jamie Snuggerud was another one that really impressed me in this game. Once again, he was tremendous in this match. Um, great puck support. He knows Cooley's habits so well. Those guys have been playing together for a long time, and it really shows when they're on the ice together. Um, and Snuggery loves to drive the net and keep his stick open for passes, so he's a great match for Cooley in that sense. Um, I really think that Snuggerud has the best pro habits of this Team USA uh, roster. He's just, you know, he's got so many different elements to his game that just scream professional player. Uh, I think he's going to have no problem making it as a middle six player in the NHL. Then the only standout for Switzerland for me was uh, Attilio Biasca. Uh, Biasca has been really good in this tournament so far. He was probably, he's probably been Switzerland's best forward in this tournament. Uh, he plays with a lot of energy, has a good shot on top of that. Now I don't really see any cheller out of him. Um, there's a bunch of elements in this game that are missing. I don't think he's the best off puck supporter. I don't think he's got the best uh, defensive involvement or, um, the best habits in the offensive zone, but he's been really impressive in this tournament and this game was no exception. That's it for our second segment, and we're going to go into my breakdown of Matvey Michkov's uh, recent games in the KHL for HK Sochi right after these messages. All right, so for our final segment, I want to talk about Matvey Michkov's recent run of games for HK, HK Sochi in the KHL. He was loaned out to Sochi after he wasn't getting any opportunities in the KHL for CSKA Moscow, and he was just too good for their VHL team, so... Uh, I think Sochi was a good challenge for him, something that would challenge him to improve his habits, to improve his game. And he's played three games for them so far. He's scored a goal and has averaged about 16 minutes a game uh, in the three matches, which is a lot more than he was getting with CSKA. Quick little update. As, I was, as I'm editing this video, um, Matvey Mishkov uh, is playing in the KHL uh, for HK Sochi in his fourth game 
uh, so far. And he actually scored a goal in that game, got a rebound off the, uh, the the back wall that came to him in the low slot. And he was able to pat it into the net. So uh, he's up to two goals in four games so far. Just a little update for you guys. There were three games that were registered to him uh, for a CSK Moscow in the KHL. One, he played zero minutes and zero seconds in, so didn't see the ice at all. Uh, one he played maybe three minutes, and the other one he played seven. So um, he, he's sort of added to his ice time in the KHL by a lot recently, and, and that's really promising to see. Now, I got my hands on two of his games, the first one versus Kunlun Red Star, um, and the second one versus Akbar's Kazan, which uh, in which he scored his first goal of the season. Um, now, I want to start with my notes for his first game against Kunlun Red Star. He got scored on in his first shift with HK Sochi, which isn't ideal. Um, it was near the end of it, though, so he was tired and he was in good position in a low slot, but he didn't react quickly enough to the slot pass and he didn't check his shoulder either to see the incoming threat that was that was uh, closing in on net on the back door. Um, I really liked how aggressive he was in this game, though. He looked a whole lot better than in his own zone than he did in the VHL. Um, he was especially good at anticipating play and moving ahead of passes to block lanes and challenge opponents. I think that was a really good part of his game uh, in that match. He got pushed off the puck really easily, though, and was struggling to keep possession of the, of the puck under pressure. But in open ice, uh, he was pretty solid. He had he has so much speed and skill uh, that he's really hard to contain off the rush. Uh, especially when he's carrying the puck into the offensive zone on the power play. He's just very difficult to to grab and get a hold of. He's extremely slippery, extremely agile, so quick, and, and he's got great hands. He's able to get through players really easily. Um, he was playing on Sochi's second wave of the power play, so uh, not on their first wave. Uh, he, would, he would see maybe the last 40 minutes of each power play, and he was really good at setting up in the offensive zone and working the cycle. I think even at 5-on-5, five five, his offensive cycle play is just so good. Um, it's his biggest strength, in my opinion. His passing and his movement on the cycle are just too much to handle, even in the KHL. And I think that's going to be something that he continues to work upon, um, just improving his shot habits and all that to make him even more lethal uh, on the cycle offensively. The biggest issue in this game overall, though, the thing that limits his effectiveness the most... Uh, it's his impatience. I mean, it shows up in so many areas, but really the most egregious manifestation of it is uh, how he consistently shoots from bad angles. I mean, he had three or four shots in this game where he was in the left corner of the offensive zone near the goal line, um, just completely out of position to take a good shot. He's got no chance to score from there, and he's continuously rushing shots on net from bad areas. Another area in which uh, Michkov's impatience shows is his passing. There were a couple moments in this game where if he showed just a tiny bit more patience with the puck and held onto it for a second, he would have opened up the passing lane that he was going for. Now, he definitely has the vision to identify the lanes that he's trying to hit. He's got great vision overall. But once he sees that, that that lane, he goes for it. He doesn't try to wait out the defender. He doesn't try to manipulate them out of position. He just tries to hit his lanes as much as possible. And I definitely appreciate the the attempt to play at high speeds, to, to play quickly with the puck. But um, it, it's, it's different at this level. I mean, I think the KHL's pace of play is the second quickest after the NHL. Players move quickly, play quickly, pass quickly. But... Um, they do it with a purpose. They don't necessarily play pucks as soon as they get them. Uh, they, they try to wait just the right amount of time to, to, to open up lanes and stuff. And I think that's what was missing from each cow's game, um, you know, in, in these viewings. So he doesn't really wait for the right moment to make his passes. He just tries to hit him as soon as possible. Um, now it's it's not it's a clear lack of patience. It's not a lack of skill. I mean, Michkov has skill and hands for days. That's not the, the thing that's missing in his game. But if Michkov manages to develop some patience into his game, manages to incorporate patience into the skill set that he already has, 
he could genuinely become an elite player in the NHL. And, you know, it's one factor that shows up in so many areas of his game that, you know, if you fix that, you're really good. Uh, you're really set with Mishkov as a prospect. You know, he's smart enough that he should know that he's wasting opportunities the way that he's playing right now, the way that he's shooting from, from you know, completely bad angles, angles in which you have no business shooting from and, and no opportunity to score, um, the way that he's rushing passes, all that. I think it's really just a lack of patience in this game. Um, and, you know, he, he's got the intelligence. You can see it in the way that he identifies where his teammates are and all that. But what's really missing is patience. Then in a second game versus Akbar's Kazan, um, I think it was, you know, decently better in this game. It was a lot of the same great skating, great skill, a lack of patience, shots from bad areas, all that. But I felt like he was a lot more efficient in this one. So he was using the inside lanes a lot more in transition. He was cutting to the middle a bit more, slowing down on zone entries, um, sort of manipulating the pace of play that way. And I think it, I, I saw him a lot more happy to delegate in, in those scenarios. He was he was much more comfortable passing off in those in, in those areas instead of shooting on net or, or shooting into a, a shin pad or that kind of thing. So um, that was a lot better. Uh, he was also really solid on the forecheck. I remember one specific play where he anticipated a breakout pass and skated right into the, the lane in order to intercept it uh, and was able to take a good shot on net from the slot. Um, but the uh, goaltender parried that. Uh, he did score on the power play in this game, so he started the playoff himself uh, by skating the puck into the offensive zone and then slowing down at the blue line. Um, that sort of pushed back the defenders for, for Latvia, and he was able to make a pass to his teammate. Then at that point, he started setting himself up in the left half wall, which is his favorite spot, and he was able to get the puck there and just walk right in and wrist it cleanly with a perfect snipe um, past the Akbar's Kazan netminder. So it was a really great play from him. Um, he took a really a couple of really smart shots overall in this game uh, from areas where he should be shooting because that was much more promising. But there were two occasions where the shot was from a bad angle once again. Um, one specifically, he went to that same area, the left corner, the first time with the puck. And instead of shooting, he played a low to high pass to his defenseman, which was good. But then 10 seconds later, he gets a pass in that in that area again and tries to shoot it on net with the goalie completely set and ready and sort of anticipating what he was trying to do. But on a good note, uh, he did get more involved physically in this game, and he wasn't shy about throwing his weight around. He was able to, to throw a couple good hits in that game. So, you know, for me, I still think that Mishkov is a top three talent in 2023. I still think he's got that pedigree, that upside, especially based on his skill um, and the, the, the potential that he has to become an elite goal scorer. But his lack of patience is egregious, and it really affects his, um, his, his effectiveness. So that's the main reason why I think he's slipping in rankings so far, and I can definitely see why. But the way I see it, though, you have one big issue to fix with Mishkov. It's not like you have multiple small things to polish and work on. I really think it's that one big issue of impatience. He isn't really lacking in hockey sense, not lacking really in playmaking or goal scoring or any other specific area. It's really just a glaring lack of patience in this game. So if you can fix that, the sky's the limit with Mishkov. So that's why I think he's still a top three talent. That's, today, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, please remember to make us your first listen of the day um, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify or Odyssey or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, really. Uh, we love to be your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, though, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They've got all of your updates on all of your favorite sports um, so that you can talk about sports with your, uh, with your colleagues at work and seem like the smart person in the room. Now this has been Locked On NHL Prospects with Hattie Kalakesh and I hope you tune in next time.